Hello and welcome to episode 236 of the Thinking LSAT podcast in Vienna, Virginia. This is Ben Olson. With me is Nathan Fox in Los Angeles. I am. I'm in LA. I might have to go to Northern California today because my niece Haley broke her clavicle playing soccer, seventh grade soccer. Wow. Okay. You ever broken so you... a bone? Um, I don't think I have. No, me either. So my niece is tougher than I am, apparently. Um, which is not saying much, but, uh, yeah, she ran into a, she's kind of, uh, real skinny <laughs> and she ran into one of the larger seventh graders and, uh, broke, wow. her, broke her clavicle. She's going to have to have surgery and everything to fix it. Okay. So I might be doing a where little bit of traveling this week. I don't clavicle? know that um, that's like yeah. your uh, collarbone collarbone. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My brother broke his collarbone. Oh, what was we he called doing? it a collarbone. We didn't call it the technical name. <laughs> How did he do that? Uh, you know that game where you, sp- <laughs> this is stupid, but where you spin around on a bat? You put your uh, head on the bat and like Oh, like bat around. racing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, that's what he was doing. And I guess he got dizzy. I, it was a long time ago. Wow. That's a very uh, non-cool um, way to break your collarbone. <laughs> yeah, I'll try not to tell him that. But yeah, I remember we were driving. It was like, in the mountains and we were driving down and he kept he kept yelling at my mom this to stop like if you accelerated or you know slowed down a little bit it would hurt yeah hospital so she but she misinterpreted that as like slow down so then she's like slowing down and he's like no 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 and i'm just this like little eight-year-old kid who's like "Hmm, i'm just along (laughs) for the ride sounds painful Uh uh-huh Well, hope nobody out there breaks their clavicle this week. What do we got on the show today? Yeah, so we got pearls versus turds. As usual, we have LSAC's official prep tool that's now available for students. We have some news about the coronavirus and LSAC's generosity, which is to be expected in these circumstances, I guess. We have some email about someone going too slow on the LSAT. Um, Someone needs help deciding something. Where to go to school. Oh, where to go to school. I was like, I think that's how most of our emails are about <laughs> trying to decide something. Um, we have some an email about U.S. news rankings, which is interesting. Basically, the and stupidity of the U.S. news rankings with schools outside the top 20. Sure. It's just they're yeah. just meaningless outside the top 20. So we'll dive into that a little bit. Then we have B's personal statement. Okay, interesting. That's a lot. We're going to have to keep it moving. Okay. This will come out on Monday, March 16th. The March LSAT is a couple weeks away on March 30th. The last day to change for free, by the way, this is because of the coronavirus, is March 20th. That's a Friday. So 10 days before the March LSAT, you can change your test date for free. It's good to know. We'll dive into that a little bit more later. The LSAT Registration deadline for the June LSAT is April 24th. Hmm, that's the day before the April LSAT, right? Okay, interesting. And the, (laughs) not that that matters, but okay. Uh, The April LSAT is on April 25th, which is a Saturday. We're going to be doing our class in New York City that weekend, um, Saturday and Sunday, April 25th and 26th. You can sign up for that at thinkinglsat.com. That should be fun. It's one ninety five, and 
it will be discounted $100 for those of you who are Demon subscribers or members of our class, because uh, all our class students have Demon access. Hey, but- while we're on the New York thing, uh, we got a message today on our website that says, Hey team, new subscriber and believer in the Demon. I'm in Virginia, but the deal for the NYC class seems like too good of a deal to pass up. $95 for two full days is really good. Could you elaborate about the content and structure of the two-day event? That's from Mike. You want to talk about the content and structure of the two-day event? Yeah. So for the first day, we'll be talking about our childhood and um, you know things that interest <laughs> me and Nathan. Um, <laughs> the second day, we'll we'll touch on the LSAT at some point, um, but that will be after a night of drinking. So I don't, you know, yeah, should be fun. <laughs> Um, no, we will be doing official LSAT questions. We'll be doing sections from probably test 89. We'll be doing some other questions from the demon in class, ones that we've selected that seem noteworthy and worth doing together as a group. And then we'll be going over them and explaining how they fit into the big picture and how you should approach them. That's what we do. Yeah. It follows the format of my live classes almost exactly. In my live classes, we basically do timed sections and then review those sections. And that's pretty much what we've done um, in our classes together. We might do some individual questions, uh, just like do a question and then immediately talk about it. But we'll do some timed sections as well. And um, whatever topics come up, you know, that's what we'll teach about. That's yeah. my class, by the way, costs $1,000 for three weekends. So this is $95 for one weekend with me and Ben. It's a screaming bargain. So we hope to uh, have a good turnout in New York City. Yeah. All right. Uh, and the June LSAT is on June 8th. Email the show at helpthinkinglsat.com. Send us your selfies if you're so inclined. Leave us a review on iTunes. We will try to answer as many questions as we can. Moving on, let's go to pearls versus turds. Will you tackle this? Yeah. This is where we take a bit of received so-called wisdom from the internet and we decide whether we think it's a pearl of wisdom or um, another turd for the turd pile Um, right now we've got six pearls on the scoreboard six pearls 29 turds and 14 ties so uh, we're looking for good ones by the way if you think you've got a good tip um, send it to help at thinkinglsat.com and get it on the list for a future pearls versus turds it says ben and nathan this is listener matt from episode 76 I'm now a 3L at my dream law school, thanks to you guys. I'm getting into my first bits of bar review with one of the big companies and couldn't help but laugh when I saw a familiar-looking turd of wisdom at the end of the first practice quiz for the MPRE. The tip was, start with the call of the question. Matt says, by call, they mean the question stem. Nope. I will be reading that question stem at the same point I learned to four years ago, right where the test writers put it. Some turds take a flush or three. If LSAC ever forces you guys out of business, you should take up bar review. I've no doubt you'd set a new industry standard. Thank you again for everything. Listener Matt. (laughs) Okay. So it's not actually a, a pearl versus turd. It's just a update on one particularly hard uh, turd to get rid of. Yeah. Um, to be clear, Ben and I both agree that you should always read the argument, then the question, then try to answer the question. 
Um, I think you're really getting it backward if you focus on the question first before you even read the argument. It just makes no sense to me. Yep. All right. Cool. Next item. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, listener Matt. <laughs> I guess everyone could put listener <laughs> Joe or whatever before their name. I like that. Anyways, yeah. Uh, this next one has to do with LSAC's official prep. So if you go to lsac.org forward slash LSAT forward slash prep, you know, people, when they make URLs, I always wonder why they don't make them shorter or easier. I mean, this is pretty good, but it could be even shorter. It could be just lsac.org forward slash prep. But anyways, if you go there, um, you can get access to all the official LSAC tests. Actually, no, not all of them. Um, I think it's like 20 and above or something like that. But anyways, uh, for $99 a year. And that license that you essentially purchase will go with you to any preparation company that you prepare with. And if you don't have that license, well, when you sign up for a class with me or Nathan or anyone else, you're going to have to get that license. This is a brand new thing, by the way, that they haven't even moved all of the licensees over onto this brand new license. So Ben and I have each had licenses with the LSAC for a decade in order to print their LSAC questions. And so some of the license is changing, some of the license is not changing. So all my books and stuff, they're not actually changing the license for that, but they are changing the license for how we deal with uh, our students in classes. And um, really, ultimately, it's nothing that you need to worry about. Right. I don't think students need to even think about this at all. If nope. you're, if your class asks you, have you signed, do you have one of these, what are they calling it? See, it's like it, it, the, the rollout is still happening. This is not anything yeah. you need to really think about. If they ask you whether you have this official prep license or whatever, if you've already signed up, <clears throat> you can say yes. And if you haven't, you'd say no. And the class either charges you for it separately, or maybe they just include it as part of their class. I think LSAC is requiring people to make it a separate. Oh, it has to be a separate item. Okay. Yes. So So you just say, Hey, look, I don't have that subscription with LSAC yet. $99 a year. And they charge you $99 less. And then if you don't have it, they'll say, okay, no problem. Uh, We'll get that subscription for you, but then that's yours. And you get to, carry it with you uh, from your class to the demon or wherever. Yeah. And that's how that will work once we've got everything, once the license agreement has gone through. But that's, it seems like they're getting a little bit, um, are they jumping the gun slightly here on this? Since they had like, this isn't even a thing with all of the licensees yet. Yeah. It seems like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think the point is is that (laughs) students, I've, I've gotten multiple messages about this with students like freaking out, like, Hey, do I need to do anything? And the, the, no, you do not. You don't need to do shit. <laughs> You're yeah. the, the license is with the actual providers. So we'll tell you if there's anything you need to do, we'll tell you, but it's I, I, no action is required on your part. The one thing that you should know is if you get one of these subscriptions through a test prep company or, you know, at your school or whatever, or you just go get it yourself from LSAC, well, then you have it for a year and you don't need to pay for it again if you go to some class or something like that. So don't end up paying twice for that. That's all I'm saying. 
And I, I think they should have it all figured out technically, but just be aware if it's not working, <laughs> you shouldn't have to pay for it again. Right, right. Cool. How about coronavirus? Yeah, man. Coronavirus. Um, so we have two news items about coronavirus. First one is Berkeley cancels admitted students weekend. Uh, this email went out to, I guess, a listener, Nathan, because there's an email here from Erwin Chemerinsky, the dean, saying, uh, everyone at Berkeley Law is so excited to meet you and to show you what makes Berkeley Law a very special place. As you know, we planned a full schedule of activities for admitted students weekend and are thrilled that over 400 admitted students registered to attend. Therefore, it is with great reluctance that Assistant Dean of Admissions Kristen Thies Alvarez and I <laughs> have decided... Oh. That we must cancel the plans for admitted students weekend scheduled for March 12 through 14. Your health and the health of our students, staff, and faculty always must be our paramount consideration. Dude, how many spaces are between these per- these sentences? This is absurd. Erwin, you know, Erwin Chemerinsky is very famous. He, he wrote uh, the textbook for shit. Now I forgot. Thank God I forgot. Con law. That's what it is. He wrote like the con law book that every class uses. And then he was the dean at uh, Irvine when they opened up UC Irvine. They made they made a big splash by hiring Chemerinsky to be the dean. And hmm. now, now he's up at Berkeley. But hmm. dude uses three. He's, he's an iconoclast. This guy, he's going out on a limb with three spaces in between his sentences. <laughs> <laughs> it's between every single sentence. There's three spaces between every... Oh, no, wait. That one only has two. Uh, yeah, that's, I don't know. Some of new... them have two, but others have three. And then he also didn't use those M dashes properly. He's got spaces around the short dashes instead of using a proper M dash. Hmm. Hmm. Suspect. <laughs> you can make it and not know... It's stuff. basically it's just old man writing detected. Or did he write it? Maybe someone else. That's probably true. Probably assistant dean of admissions Kristen Thies Alvarez wrote this. <laughs> Who spoke in the third person essentially? <laughs> yeah, and gave us. Her oh, whole that's title. why she got such a prominent <laughs> shout out is because she wrote the actual email. Anyway, okay. Uh, the best public health advice we have received is that it is inadvisable to have large gatherings of people at this time. Yeah, especially if it's a mixer, like a mixer, like a meet and greet <laughs> where everybody's shaking hands and bullshit like yeah. that. You but know, wait, the best it, take I've heard it gonna on... Isn't it going to be warmer at this point? Warmer? Oh, yeah. March 12th. What do you mean? Two days from now? Oh, <laughs> well, it's getting warmer, right? And I think that it will be gone by then. Bizarrely, I looked at the forecast yesterday for LA and it was seven days of rain. It's like the only time it's rained all year is wow. right now during, uh, and I have friends who are here in LA um, visiting uh, visiting schools. <laughs> and it's funny when people come from, you know, Wisconsin and then uh, it just rains the entire time there in LA. Yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah. yeah. It is a bummer. Yeah. Hey, you know what the best coronavirus take I've heard so far is? Yeah. Uh, someone tweeted that handshakes are officially canceled and there's no coming back. Like that. That's just, that's <laughs> it. We're not shaking hands anymore. And you yeah. know what? I got to say, I'm totally down with that. 
Yeah, there's everybody no, could just give the yeah. what's up. We could just give a little peace sign. We, there's no need to be shaking hands. Yeah, it's just dumb. It's an outdated old thing. Like the handshake literally was invented before we knew about like viruses and bacteria and stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, so let's I think that's the new thing is that, uh, you know, you can whatever you want to do with your friends and family, but random strangers, people you just met, you know, we don't need the handshake anymore. No, nope. let's uh, let's get rid of the handshake. Yeah. Uh, All right. By the way, I was just for clarity. I was joking yeah. about the warmer weather. That's that's Trump's uh, plan. Oh, it's just a way this? for it. To, no, no. I try not to pay attention to that idiot. <laughs> well, he's been saying that as it gets warmer, it'll probably go away. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, so, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Sure. But. I don't know that that's true. It does happen for some uh, diseases that when it gets warmer, they do uh-huh. subside. But the flu, uh, when it goes away in the warmer seasons, uh, it kind of, it's come back with a vengeance sometimes yeah. in yeah, the fall. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, Trump um, is not exactly who you want to be going to for scientific advice or grammar advice or anything, really. So... <laughs> yeah Uh, sorry i'm just laughing because i was thinking about seth myers who last night was doing a show and he he had a a scene where uh, trump was at the cdc i guess and he said trump said um the doctors here keep asking me how how do you understand this stuff so well and oh my god (laughs) seth is just like hold up are you telling me that doctors are stopping and asking you, <laughs> how do you understand this stuff so well? It's like, oh my gosh. You yeah. Know, the guy just can't stop lying about yeah. his greatness. It's weird. Yeah, that that's just a, a straight up thing that didn't happen. That just is <laughs> 100% bullshit. Just only in your own mind. Oh, anyway. Wow. What a... What what a fucking idiot. <laughs> it's just amazing. I'm just amazed that we were able to elect someone so incredibly dumb. Uh, yeah, well, hmm. I mean, just the actual dumbest person. Anyway, Dean Chemerinsky continues, we want to do all we can to answer any questions you have about Berkeley Law and to convey to you <laughs> the many things that make this a truly extraordinary law school. So long as we are holding classes, you are welcome to visit. So, yeah, so they cancel their admitted students weekend, but they're not canceling actual Berkeley law or University of California, Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Uh, that includes visits later this week. If we shift to online courses like Stanford has done, we'll try and work out ways for you to observe them. We will look for ways to hold online events and information sessions for you on specific topics. Semicolon. Our faculty, students, staff, and alumni are eager to talk with you about the law school in the coming days. Expect to receive from the admissions and financial aid office with capitalized on that prestigious office a comprehensive list of alternative ways to engage with and learn about our community blah 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 blah. for those of you who were planning to fly to the bay area this week my understanding is that airlines are in general refunding tickets or allowing people to reschedule you will be able to receive the same travel subsidy from us for a visit at another time that's nice if they were uh if you're fortunate enough that berkeley was going to fly you across the country 
for admitted students weekend. They're uh, also willing to fly you across the country some other time. Yeah. This is a truly unprecedented situation. You know, Irwin needs to chill out with his LY adverbs. He's got, t- he's got yeah. too many of those. I don't think he wrote this. And I hope he didn't write this because it sucks. But well, he's also he's he's older, right? So I think the the likelihood of saying this is a truly unprecedented situation decreases as you get older. Except for deans of law schools. <laughs> because he could have the bloviating Fagman disease. Ah, uh, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what does the word unprecedented mean, Ben? Without precedent. In other words, never happened. <laughs> this is already a superlative, so you don't yeah. need truly unprecedented. <laughs> it can't be any more unprecedented than it is. <laughs> it either didn't happen or it did. This is an, a very unprecedented situation. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Irwin says, there is so much uncertainty, three spaces, but we always want to, sorry, whoa, but we always want to always Always. err (laughs) on the side of protecting everyone's health and safety. Warm regards, Irwin. See, the thing is, when you write too long, you open up, you just, there's opportunities for mistakes when you write so much. I will tell you what's unprecedented. The dean of a law school putting always twice in the same sentence? That's, uh, yeah, that that could be one. I would say also this three sentence, or this three space sentence construction. Three spaces? We've seen that. Is it, yeah. We've seen it before, but we haven't seen it used consistently. Like, this is clearly declaring to the world, yes, this is my plan, right? Oh, there's a... Is that a double? There's only two there. Yeah. So there's, it, he's going back and forth, but he is using three a lot. Yes. For the vast, which makes me think sentences. that probably there was some copy pasting going on here and <laughs> assistant Why? Dean it's of so admissions, Kristen Thies Alvarez might've gotten involved. <laughs> uh, I don't know that Irwin had the final say on this email. Okay. Well, anyways, and then we got another thing here it says update. So that's Berkeley. And then this is from LSAC. Update coronavirus and the LSAT. This was updated yesterday, March 9th. All of us at LSAC are saddened by the coronavirus outbreaks affecting numerous countries around the world and areas of the United States. <laughs> so they've always got to be so precise as if they're about to get sued yes. by someone who's like, you said it affected yes. the United States, but it only affected areas yeah. or pockets of the and they United also States. have to unnecessarily put and areas of the united states when they've already said countries around the world yes of which the united states <laughs> is one of them last time i checked oh their poor audience and wants the, to be recognized the ands you know like putting putting and that's one thing it's like a quick writing tip like you just look for yeah. all the times that you said and and just yeah. consider rewriting it so that it doesn't say and. Like, yeah. lists are so bad. We are working with global, national, and local officials to comply with local health directives and guidance <laughs> while striving to address the needs of test takers and schools. Oh, my God. In consultation with national health officials... We have made the difficult decision to cancel the March LSAT administration 
in several countries that are severely impacted by the coronavirus. Well, M dash with spaces around it. South Korea, Thailand, Japan, Hong Kong, and all four planned test locations in the Chinese mainland. Those are all canceled for March. Why? Why do they? Again, why? What? Okay, so you've made the difficult decision to cancel in these places. Why all four planned test locations in the Chinese mainland? Why not just say and China and China? Yeah, I don't I, fucking I, know. It, that that's making me think now. Oh, are there some that are still open in Japan? Because right. you didn't tell me that all of them were closed in Japan. Right. Weird. Yeah. Is that because they didn't want to lump in Hong Kong with China, or they didn't want to pretend that Hong Kong and China are totally different? They might have, oh, and so that's yeah. why they had to throw in some extra oh, words there, just so that yeah. they could try to get Hong Kong and China farther Chinese apart. Mainland. Yeah. <laughs> I bet that's what it was. Someone's like, fuck, don't say that. You're suggesting that they're separate places. Yeah. <laughs> we are in contact with all affected test takers and working to address their needs. At the request of Chinese authorities, we are temporarily delaying the opening of registration for the June 28 LSAT in China. Hey, speaking of China, for everybody who's uh, you know self-quarantining for coronavirus and you need something to watch, I watched two great documentaries recently about China. Um, one was about the one child policy. Hmm. Fuck. Now I can't remember what it was called. You're making this recommendation to folks in China. No, I'm making this recommendation to folks here who are taking the much needed opportunity to cancel all of your social obligations and just stay home and watch Netflix. You should definitely watch the, the documentary about the China's one child policy. It's fascinating. Yeah. And then I just ran, just also watched American Factory, which won um, the Oscar for Best Doc this year. Mm. And uh, that was fucking awesome. That was about a closed or a, a factory that had that, that had been closed because of like, you know, General Motors moving out of Michigan or wherever it is. Mm. And uh, a Chinese company comes in and opens up a new glass automotive glass factory in that like old closed factory. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like the East meets East meets West of the two cultures. I mean, it's just bizarre, like oh, a Chinese yeah. owned company with all their, like the crazy, both of the stocks, by the way, had the scary Chinese like propaganda shit that they do where like everyone mm. in the village or everyone in the company or whatever is like, learning songs about the glory of the government or learning songs about the glory of the corporation. <laughs> it's just fucking crazy. Whoa. Yeah. It's really, really weird. Both of those are really good. Anyway, in the United States and Canada, the March 30th LSAT is currently scheduled to proceed as planned. The situation could change based on updates and guidance from national and local health authorities. Should it become necessary to close or move certain testing centers, we will communicate directly with affected candidates and work to reschedule them to another test center or another date. Y'all, you really need to read all those emails that come from LSAC because they can totally fuck you on rescheduling your test, canceling your test. <laughs> like they're going to give you information in long, <laughs> they're going to write long ass emails and you're going to be expected to read the whole thing so that you can get the information that's important. Yeah. It's like a reading comp passage. It is. Yes. It's part yeah. Consider it part of your prep for the LSAT just to communicate mm-hmm. with the uh, LSAC. But anyway, March 30th LSAT as of now 
this today is Tuesday, March 10th. The LSAT 20 days from now in the U S and Canada is happening. Yeah. However, given the uncertainties around the coronavirus outbreak, we are extending the test date change deadline and waiving test date change fees for the March LSAT. If you're currently registered for the March 2020 LSAT, you may switch to the April, June, or July 2020 tests by 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, Friday, March 20th, at no additional charge. So that's... that's a, four days. Four days from now. Four days from now when you hear this uh, show, if you listen on mm-hmm. launch day. Yeah. Okay, so go to the LSAC website and you can, if you're panicking about coronavirus or if you're just not ready for the March 30th LSAT, <laughs> yeah, you're going to get advantage a, of this. a little reprieve and you can bump your test out to April, June, or July. It's worth uh, noting that April is still in the previous um, cycle and the June mm-hmm. test is in the new cycle. We've talked about the limits on how many times you can take it per cycle and all that. So just be aware that June is the first test of a new cycle. Yep. Um, We've revised our test day rules in response to the coronavirus situation to allow test takers to wear nose and mouth masks and to bring hand sanitizer if they wish. Okay. I've heard those are not effective. That's what I've heard too. The hand sanitizer, unless it has a certain, high level of alcohol in it. Apparently hand sanitizer does not work against viruses. You have to wash your hands for 20 seconds and mouth masks do not work because if you touch them, you've essentially contaminated them and then they, they don't work for most people from what I understand. Yeah. I'm not a doctor. I'm, I'm definitely not a nose and mouth mask guy. I'm not a hand sanitizer guy either. Yeah. Um, you got a bunch of, grimy little kids though, Ben, do you ever worry about the kids breeding diseases, going to school, rough housing uh, yeah. with their buddies, bringing everything yeah, home? They do bring it home, but I tell them to wash their hands all the time. Yeah. And apparently that's like 50 to 80% effective. Yeah. If you actually do it, it works. So it's kind of nice cause it's like simple and not complicated. Yeah. So let's go with our advice. The official thinking else that advice mm-hmm. about the coronavirus. <laughs> Yeah, we know you we'll listen stand, for yeah. that. Um, no handshakes. <laughs> and wash your damn hands. Wash your damn hands. And, you know, when you tell someone what not to do, they often don't know what to do. So we're going to add on and say throw the peace sign out Yeah, there. peace. You can do peace or you could do A like, head nod. You could do the head nod, the old nod. That's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You could do like a hang loose sign or like the rock on sign. Anything. Okay, I got, I got all, the hang loose sign with the rock on sign. Um, it's like hang loose, except for you also extend your index finger. What? Okay, interesting. So it's three fingers out. Apparently I've been absent from the world for the last... Yeah, that's like if you're at decades. a Def Leppard concert. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Good. Good to know. All right, that's it. That's the end of the email from LSAC. Yep. So, all right, so this... Long story short, we don't fucking know. Our, all of our classes are currently still scheduled. We will update you here in a week if uh, anything changes with that. We don't. We just don't know. Yeah, we got to wait for Trump to make some more pronouncements before we can oh, decide. Yeah, that's what we need to wait for. <laughs> Good plan. All right, go. Yes. 
Okay, the next one is from Shelby. Hello, Thinking LSAT team. I started my LSAT journey back in September at a 147. Not a bad place Since to start. Then, not a horrible place to start, nope. Since then, I have taken about 30 tests and boosted myself up into the lower 160s. Wow. This week, I was looking at my LSAT score tracker spreadsheet and noticing... I was looking at it and noticing a circular trend, which made me sad. Hmm. I made a graph of my data, ran a regression, and predicted it would take me about 54 plus or minus 4 tests to get a 172. <laughs> what? Whoa. Ran a regression? Yeah. You're okay, there ain't anyways. no regression. That's not... You can't... What? So I take it that a circular trend, a circular trend. Um, okay, so you're you're looking at your thirty tests and you're seeing your scores go up and down and saying it took me this long to get here, so it's going to take me this like tw- almost twice as long to get to a one seventy two. Well, like, I mean, it does make sense that you're going to have diminishing returns the longer you study. It also makes sense though that you're gonna just max out at a certain point. I don't think people realize that there's just, you know, the test only goes, the scale only goes from 120 to 180. And it, you know, it's not the case that everyone can score a 180. So, oh, I actually misread his 54. He's saying it'll take me about 54 tests total. Yeah. So this is bogus science. I, whatever, <laughs> whatever Shelby's doing here is not valid. I know Shelby took a stats class and, you know, knows what a regression is, but I don't think this is being properly applied to Shelby's data. I, well, I can't imagine that this is valid. It doesn't seem like totally crazy. If it takes 30 tests to go from the high 140s to the low 160s, then like another 20 or so to go up another 10 points doesn't sound crazy. I mean, then you didn't, that's not a regression. That's just like extrapolating the current trend. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I'm just well, shitting on yeah. the word regression, but go ahead. Oh, okay, sure, no problem. Just to, So then Shelby continues, just the encouragement I needed to keep going. That's 25 more tests. I'm torn, though. Part of me wants to apply for accommodations because I am no longer missing questions I attempt. I'm just fucking slow. I've never felt that I deserved special treatment. Do you think I can gain speed in 25 tests? Have people regretted getting accommodated? What if 53 minutes is way too long and I get distracted? I'm probably overthinking it and should just keep working. Yes to that. A quick answer to your questions. Um, Do you think I can gain speed in 25 tests? Yes. As you understand the test better, you will naturally get faster. Have people regretted getting accommodated? I've never heard anyone regretting getting accommodated. I've heard lots um, of people worry about regretting about getting accommodated. <clears throat> it's a common question actually, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know, whatever you can just, if it's too long, you just fucking meditate. And yeah. Like I, I don't feel sorry for anybody who gets extra time and then they're like, Oh, it's too long. And I got distracted. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you're getting special treatment on the test because you want to be elite. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's not, yeah. It's like your concern is, is something minor compared to what most people's concerns are, which are, how do I finish? This makes time? me angry. I'm sorry. Because, you know, getting accommodations because you think you're too slow, that's not a reason to get accommodations. You should get accommodations because you think, because you have a diagnosed, like, mental, whatever. You have a learning difference. Do you have a learning difference or do you not? 
If you're just not happy with your score, don't go get accommodations because you're not happy with your score. That's lame. I'm sorry. Don't do that. <laughs> like, do you have dyslexia? If you do, fine. If you have ADD, ADHD, whatever. If you've been previously diagnosed because you clearly have some learning difference, then go get accommodated. But if you're going and getting accommodated just because you want a higher score, I don't. I I'm sorry. I, I'm I don't have any respect for that move. Okay. So <laughs> Ben disagrees. Ben's like, no, work the system. Just go get accommodated. <laughs> Everybody gets accommodated. Go get accommodated if you want accommodations. That's what Ben says. No, actually, it's a whole Pandora's box of issues, right? Because part of the problem is that I was just thinking about folks who do have issues but don't know about it because they never got diagnosed. And, you know, that itself is a problem. And then you have people who think they have issues, but they actually don't. Um, I'm just tired of rich people asking me if they should get accommodated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a problem. I agree. But there are people who don't know that they have issues sure. and they don't realize it. And that sucks too. Yeah. Right? Those like, people are probably not even asking. They're not asking. Yeah. It's a fucked up. It's a broken thing. They should just make the whole test untimed. That would be very interesting. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No, that's all right. So Shelby continues. Thanks for everything, guys. I know for sure I wouldn't have seen the improvement I already have without you. Oh. Nice. My LSAT teacher was a dumbass. Ooh, okay. I really want to write a horrible review because she only has great ones, but she was such a sweet 80-year-old lady. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Sounds like you're... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, 80 years old? Are you, are you being serious? Uh, anyways, interesting. Thanks, Shelby. Next one. If there really is an 80-year-old LSAT teacher, <laughs> we need to get her on the show. <laughs> we do need to get on the show. Yeah. Just see what she thinks. Amazing. Uh, okay, next. Thank you, Shelby. Thank you. I'm sorry for yelling at you about the accommodations. You will get faster as you get better at the content of the test. If you're actually not missing any questions you attempt, by the way, that's fucking awesome. I mean, that's a sign that you are going to improve. You, you will continue to improve as long as that's you. If you're really not missing anything, any questions, by the way, if you're scoring in the low one sixties, but you're not, it's, you're not missing any questions that you attempt. How many questions per section do you think that is Ben? Just rough guess. 20. Mm. I was going to say 18 because mm. of all the guesses. I think if you do 20 questions perfectly, no, you're solidly in the one sixties. If you do 20 questions perfectly, mm-hmm. especially once you count your guesses. Mm-hmm. So is Shelby, is, is that really what you're doing? You're doing 18 questions per section and then running out of time. If you're doing that 18 perfect and running out of time and scoring in the one sixties, you're a very good candidate for improvement. Cause all you got to do is just deepen your understanding a little bit and you'll, you'll definitely get faster. You'll realize that the questions are much easier. Even the ones that you're currently struggling with or that take a lot of time, they're just not that hard and you'll get faster and faster at predicting answers and eliminating wrong answers. And so that's, that's like the best possible candidate for improvement is someone who has uh, made that commitment to accuracy. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So here's the help me decide email. It says, Hey, Ben, Nathan and crew. Thank you for all the free help you give on the podcast. Thanks also for creating the demon, which helped me raise my score from a 167 on the September test to a 173 on the November test. Praise the demon. Unfortunately, y'all have created some problems for me by helping me get such a damn good LSAT score. I have several offers from great schools, including Harvard, and I'm facing the toughest decision I've ever had to make. 
For context, my long-term goal is public interest law, uh, ACLU or SPLC. And while I could do a year or two of big law to pay down loans, I don't want to spend forever in a soul-crushing firm job. I also have about 100000 in debt from undergrad Oof. and grad school. Yikes. I wish I'd known to be smarter about school debt when I was younger. Yeah, man, we could do a whole separate podcast on like financial literacy, Ben. Mm. I'm just amazed at how poorly our young people are being educated about money. It's just simple stuff. Like don't go in debt (laughs) and do save for retirement. Um, I've narrowed my options down to these three schools. Harvard at a sticker price of $300,000 or close to it. University of Virginia at half of the cost of attendance or around 150,000 total. University of Georgia full ride plus stipend. And I have a sister in the area who will let me live with her for free. Holy cow. That is a wide range of schools. Jesus Christ. I don't understand why we don't have more options here. Yeah, like, totally. If you're getting into your Harvard, why aren't you getting into Georgetown? Yep. Um, NYU. Yeah. Chicago. Where's, where's your offer from Michigan with a ten thousand dollar a year stipend? Yeah. That's what you should be thinking about. Did you not apply to enough schools? That might be your problem. Yeah. That's kind of what this is looking like. I know you say don't pay for law school, but are Harvard, Stanford, Yale exceptions to the rule? At UGA, I get to go to law school for truly free and have a much more manageable debt load after school. I'm tempted to take the UGA offer, but I'm afraid I'll spend the rest of my life saying what if about Harvard. Harvard is incredible and the opportunities for me would be next level. Is it easier to live with debt or with quote, what if? Thanks for any assistance you can give. If you help me with my choice, I solemnly swear to wear your praise the demon shirt to my first day of class and send photos as proof. (laughs) Sincerely, G. Oh, see, now I want G to go to Harvard because I want that picture to be at Harvard. Yeah. See, you've tainted our analysis, G. We can't give you mm. we can't give you unbiased advice now. What are you thinking? If these are really the only three options. Jeez Louise. Well, okay. So here's my problem and the reason I'm struggling. Uh, As much as I hate, God damn, $300,000. I mean, maybe this will become easy as we talk about it. But I do feel like there is value in the Harvard name that doesn't, translate to other schools especially if you actually want to work at the aclu yeah. you know if you want to go into big time public interest law i think that that is i i think yeah <laughs> i think, you I think go it's to going to open doors when you say i'm a harvard law grad assuming you pull it together there although you don't necessarily i mean it doesn't that doesn't matter as much. They're but the also point is, going to have special programs to help people who want to do public interest. Yeah. Right. They've yeah. got the billion dollar endowment. And so they are going to charge you a crazy amount of money, but then they're also going to help you like pay that back and get whatever career you want. This advice does not yeah. apply outside of Harvard, Stanford, Yale, by the way, like there, yeah. this is, there's an exception for those three schools and that's it. And this is this is uh, partly a marketing thing. I mean, if you say you went to Harvard Law School, then um, it opens up doors in other fields too. Yeah. That, 
even like a top ranked law school would not open up because people don't know the law school. People just, you know, Harvard has an aura around it that for better or worse is going to open up opportunities. I don't know. That's tough. I, I would really wish you had uh, applied to other yep. schools or I don't know what's going on. I want to see what the offer looks like for, for you G from yeah, Michigan specifically. But also, sure, I'd love to see what the offer looks like at Georgetown, UCLA. You, you, you should be applying to the top 14. Yeah. At least. Yeah. I mean, wh- why? Full ride to Berkeley could have been a possibility for this person. Mm-hmm. You know? And then you're in a big state with lots of connections. Georgia just seems like a much n- more narrow set of options, despite the fact it's in the top 30. I just don't think people are breezing out of Georgia into some like top, you know, prestigious nonprofit job. No, I really doubt it. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. So maybe the advice is to apply this cycle, (laughs) reapply this next cycle. Yeah. 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 See if, see if Harvard will let you defer, withdraw all your other applications, reapply at the beginning of the next cycle and apply more broadly. So you get yourself, but these these options are too far apart. Yeah. We don't know what your value is in the other schools in the top 14. Now, if you tell me that you got denied by all the other schools in the top 14, or if none of them gave you any money at all, and that would help us. But this is just the top three. This is, you know, this is G's three favorite options. Yeah. I've narrowed my options down to these three schools. Okay. So maybe you did apply to other schools, but why, why aren't they being considered here what happened i just think that there has to be a stipend from a you know a michigan-esque type of a school yeah anyway thanks g if these really are the three options i think i probably would uh, shit i don't know i can't imagine i would have crushing anxiety if i borrowed three hundred thousand dollars for law school on top of my hundred thousand dollars i already owed from undergrad and grad school Maybe you need to get your mind wrapped around the public uh, repayment, like public yeah, the, because at interest Harvard, repayment. Like then, look specifically into their programs because they're going to have extra programs that are going to help you be able to, to stomach the, um, you know, income-based repayment and the 10 years to wait for your shit to be discharged. They're going to be able to help you through that. Uh, I don't know. Ready for the next email? Yeah, let's do it. Y'all say on the podcast that these middle-ranked schools don't differentiate themselves enough for someone to justify paying for a slightly higher-ranked school versus not paying at all. Amen. We do say that. Here's some proof of concept for you. Thank you. All right, so we got a link here, um, which we'll include in the show notes. Yeah, this is a, a, gra- a wild graph that I've seen several times before. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, so I I just clicked on the link. Um, well, I guess I I'll just go I'll just go ahead and read this email, and then then we can talk about it. Sure. It says it's U.S. News uh, law school ranking history, right? So U.S. News and World Report is obviously the most popular ranking uh, system out there. Not necessarily the best, but anyways, this is actually showing the law school ranking history. So. This listener, Deke, Deke, right? Check says, check out the wild swings in the 35 to 85 range. 
semicolon capitalize, someone could end up thinking they are headed to a sold, sold, solid, <laughs> 40 rank school, pass up full tuition at a lower rank school only to have them switch rankings in the three years the student is there. Yeah, so I mean, I guess we should describe this this graph a little bit, but basically if you look at some of these schools below the top 20, um, historically their U.S. News and World Report ranking is jumping all over the place. It's going from 40 yeah. up to 50 and then down to 30. It's the last 10 years, and I mean, you can just... So yeah, it goes from 2010 to 2020, and you can just scroll down the, the, the list of schools. I mean, I'm looking at University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, it was 23 in 2010. It was actually 21 in 2011. Mm-hmm. And then in three years, it fell all the way to 47. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now it's back up to 39. It's just like, so they had claims on being a top 20 school. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, three years later, they were 47. Yeah. Uh, other schools swing even more wildly than that. I'm looking at University of Washington, which went from 34 up to 20, back down to the 30s, and then just last year went down to 44. Going from 20 to 44 would sound like a huge <laughs> change for a lot of people. I think they'd be shocked. It, it yeah, I mean, the just they they fluctuate insanely i gotta find hastings sorry i'm distracted now because i just want to see the sinking ship wow university of nebraska sorry while you're looking that went from 89 so around 90 all the way up to 54 and then came crashing back down (laughs) to like the 60s so no actually to like (laughs) 70 I don't know. Hawaii Hastings is has going a, up and down. 72, <laughs> 100, 80, 100. I don't know what's going on. Hastings has a fairly linear curve. Okay. Hastings started at 39. It was 42 the next year, the year I graduated. Mm-hmm. Then it went 42, 44, 48, 54, 59. Bounced back up to 50. And then another straight line down, 54, 58, 62. So anyway, in 10 years, it's gone from 39 to 62. Yeah. It's, you know, so even if it's not bouncing up and down, you don't know what the future holds for your law school. And if you turn down, well, maybe just read the rest of this email. Yeah, okay. He makes a pretty good point. Further proof... Further proof of concept for don't pay for law school is found by examining the schools that gain in U.S. news rankings. Those schools tend to be giving away a lot of really good scholarships and are thus pulling in better students than they did the year before. This makes the idea of turning down full tuition scholarships even dumber because those are the schools climbing in ranking. Yeah. If ranking even mattered at that point, right? Like it's still assuming that ranking is important and it really doesn't seem to be (laughs) after the top 20, which makes sense because you become a local regional school. So yeah, it's many, right? Like uh, professor Barton. Yeah. It's it's many. It's all, it is amazing to look at this chart. The top has, you know, like Yale has never changed. It's number one every single year. And then the like top five, they go up and down by one. Yeah. Yeah. And then the top 10, they go up and down by like two. 
And then the top 14, they go up and down by like just a couple barely. There's schools mm-hmm. that are right outside the top 14, like UCLA. Yeah. In 10 years, the highest it's been is 15 and the lowest it's been is 17, <laughs> you know? So it's just like not changing. Mm-hmm. But then everything outside the top 20 just swings around wildly. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I do, I, I think, uh, I think Deke's right that, that if you're turning down a scholarship, you're, you're probably turning down a scholarship to a school that, you know, is trying to climb in the rankings. Mm-hmm. So don't fucking pay for law school. Yeah. Thanks Deke. Really appreciate that. Now we have a personal statement from B. I don't know who oh, B no. is. Oh no. No, 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 no. Is this starting with a quote? Yes. Is that what I'm seeing here? Yes. Oh, geez. Okay. <clears throat> do people listen to the show? No. I mean, really, I want to ask. <laughs> nope, they do not. <laughs> okay, here it is. This is B's personal statement. Ben B has emailed the show, help at thinkingelset.com, and asked for her personal statement to be destroyed on the show. And that's what she's going to get. Okay, here's B's personal statement. Starts with, in italics, just don't give up trying to do what you really want to do. Where there is love and inspiration, I don't think you can go wrong. Parentheses, Ella Fitzgerald, period. (laughs) Where there is love and inspiration, I don't think you can go wrong. Well, it's certainly going to invite the reader to think, but maybe you can. (laughs) Yeah, maybe in this case. Um for one, that's just not that powerful of a quote. I, I, Ben, it's funny that you come up with the, I don't, you know, you point out the, I don't think you can yeah. go wrong. That like makes it a word, like less pithy, right? Yeah. It's just like extra words. So it's not even a good quote. Yeah. I mean, yes, I get the sentiment, but starting off with someone else's sentiment, just don't put a quote, yeah. no quotes in your personal statement at all. First sentence then, beside the quote, we're cutting the quote. First sentence, and it's I like that it's a one-sentence paragraph. That's a bold move. It says, I've had my sights set on law school since I was 19 years old. Okay, I like that it's a one-sentence paragraph, but why are we saying this? Yeah, no, I, it's a, I, I like the art of it. I just don't like the sentiment. Like yeah. 19-year-olds mostly have no idea what lawyers do. Yeah. So the fact that you've had your sights set on law, and by the way, in the next sentence, you're going to go on to say that you're 35. Yeah. So if you're 35, but you had your sights set on law school since you were 19, what happened? I'm wondering why it took you so long to get to this point. Yeah. 16 years and you haven't, you know, yet done it. Well, what? Mm -hmm. Why are you telling me that you had your sights set on it for so long? What are you, what? What point are you trying to make? That it takes you a long time to accomplish your goals? <laughs> right. <laughs> that you're able to have a goal for a long ass time and not achieve it? <laughs> anyway, my name is Redacted, and I am 35 years dash old. That's not right. No. It's just 35 years old. <laughs> yeah, those are you just... You don't use dashes unless you have something after that. Like, I'm a 35-year-old a 35 year old blank, then yeah, you would put dashes, but I am 35 years old. Just you don't put a dash there. Yeah. Also, why are you saying your age in your personal statement? I mean, they probably have your, they know when you graduated from college. So they've got your resume. 
I just, I don't really, that's, is that your best foot forward? The fact that you're 35? Yeah. I live in redacted and I work full time as a director of client services for a fantastic boutique law firm called redacted. That's all on your resume. So I don't know that that really is worthy of space in your personal statement. Mm -hmm. The story of how I got to this point is a long one comma, but I hope you will find that it demonstrates why I would make an excellent law student comma and how much I would value the education and fully utilize the opportunities that a law degree would beget. <laughs> Define beget. Typically of a man, sometimes of a man and a woman, bring a child into existence by the process of reproduction. Wait, wait, wait. Or Why second definition. Give rise to or bring about, which is the more common, although it's the second definition. So I guess this dictionary thinks that the first one is more common beget why is it typically of a man that doesn't make so sense. what what this yeah i'm ignoring that first definition <laughs> but i mean that does like that's yes beget is ha- commonly used as like offspring spawn but ignoring that definition entirely what she her sentence says i hope you will find that it demonstrates why i would make an excellent law student blah blah i would value the education and fully utilize the opportunities that a law degree would give rise to or bring about. Yeah. You could have just said from a law degree. You also could have just not said any of this shit. Cause we understand that you want to go to law school. Yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. Again, stop saying how much you want to go to law school. You're applying to law school. We get it. Yeah. Next paragraph without getting into too much detail. Uh-oh. This is so wordy. You know, you need that. She's saying that how I got to this point is a lo- it's a, it's a long story. And the reader's like, Oh God, Here we go. Anyway, I found myself on my own at the age of 19. Okay, now we're getting actual biography. The story has started, I hope. You could start right there. I'm not saying we should include this, but that would be a much cleaner and enticing beginning. It's like those movies that start with the chase scene, right? Yep, yep. Omit literally everything in front of that and go all the way to, I found, just start with, I found myself on my own at the age of 19. We're in your story. Now we care. Mm -hmm. I was no longer able to live with my family or get support from them. And I had to grow up very fast while most of my peers were having a great time at college and perfecting the art of beer pong. (laughs) I don't think you want to to talk about that. (laughs) You're wasting. That's just wasting my time. Yeah. I was, it's like, I'm trying to be clever and all you're doing is just like, yeah, yeah. Other people went to college and partied. Yeah, we get I it. just don't think you should bring up beer pong. Too. No, and it doesn't have anything to do with you. You weren't, you were literally not there. That's what you're saying is you weren't there. Yeah. I was working a full-time professional job, parentheses, sometimes alongside a second job and trying to figure out how I was going to get an education and keep the air conditioning running in swampy Florida. I'd rather hear about more recent achievements. Like if you're trying to tell me that your 16 years of struggle have made you a badass candidate, I'd like to hear what you've done over the last three years that have demonstrated your badassedness. 
I think that would be a much better place to start. I think so too. Listen, there's millions of people out there who struggled to keep the air conditioning running in Florida who aren't good candidates for law school. Why does that make you an ex, an exceptional candidate for law school? It shows that you had a challenge, but we're much more interested in what you did about that challenge and really what you've done recently. I mean, that's the constant problem with talking about something that happened 16 years ago or 10 years ago or even five years ago. You're just left wondering, well, okay, but what's happening now? Are you even better than what you were given what you learned from that experience? I mean, if you learn these amazing things from this experience, then they should translate into work you're doing now and be reflected in that work by the position you have, the growth that you've had, or the work that you are now assigned to do. We need winning, not whining. All this talking about the struggle is just whining. Yep. We need to see how you overcame it, or we need to see what happened after you overcame it. We need to, sh- we need to see you as a demonstrated winner. That's what we really want. Yeah. And you're missing the opportunity to do that. Cause I'm sure, you know, I would imagine you have like kicked ass. Like this has to be, this had to have been very useful for you. This had to have been formative, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Working at full time, supporting yourself age of 19. Normally people who do that turn into like very competent, productive adults. But let's hear about that instead of hearing about you having a hard time keeping the air conditioning running. That doesn't, it doesn't tell me anything. I want to see what happened after that. Yeah. This is way too much background and just like entire life story. My first quote, real job at 19. I'm not sure why there's quotes around the real Mm. was an office was as an office manager in a small law firm, title company and mortgage triumvirate. In Florida. Oh, okay. That's an obnoxious use of triumvirate. I don't don't, know what that means. I'm assuming it means like three companies together or something like that. But, oh, law firm, title company, and mortgage triumvirate. Okay, so they they do all three things. You could have said company. I mean, that's (laughs) just, that's way overreaching. You're, You're just, that's just like what happens when you try to use big fancy words is it makes you look like you don't actually, it makes it look like you looked that up. Yeah, it I mean, looks like you looked it up. Yeah, the definition of triumvirate in a, first definition in ancient Rome, it was a group of three men holding power. In particular, the unofficial coalition of Julius Caesar, Pompey, and Crassus in sixty BC. I mean, there isn't even a second definition that gives you an appropriate use of triumvirate. <laughs> and, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> that just don't, you just don't with that. All right. Um, at 21, I was able to go back to college parentheses after deciding to drop out after my freshman year due to my circumstances. I don't want to hear about that. Nope. At the university of central Florida in Orlando parentheses charge on nights exclamation point. <laughs> What <laughs> we're showing, um, school spirit, school for spirit, the school in Orlando that you went to 15 years ago. I was just in Orlando yesterday. I'm sorry. That's an interesting what, town. What did you take the kids to Disney? No. Um, Maria's daughter is, uh, a volleyball pro pretty much. Oh shit. So, so there's a huge tournament there. I was blown away. It was in one of those 
it was in the convention center. Yeah, must and, be gigantic. And I was like, wait a sec, this just keeps going with volleyball courts everywhere. It was interesting. It was cool. Coronavirus. Was wow. Okay. Are you fucking kidding me? You put your sports slogan <laughs> in your personal statement for law school. You're 36 years old. 35. I'm sorry. You're 35 years old. I want to hear about adult experiences. I don't want you giving me your stupid charge on nights. But what? I continued working full dash time in Orlando. Again, there would be no hyphen there. If you're going to say you were a full-time worker, then you could put the dash, but you don't put it if you're just working full-time. I continued working full-time in Orlando, colon, first for a statewide title agency as a title clearance specialist, and then for a mid-sized law firm as a legal secretary. See, those things are on your resume, so I don't, you don't need to list all the different jobs you've ever had. I went to class at night, working on my degree in political science with a concentration in pre-law. At 22, I bought my first home. I graduated with honors at age 25. Life was A-traditional, but it was good. Okay, so by a traditional, you mean non-traditional? Yeah, I, th- I think you can put. I mean, even I think a traditional is a word, but you wouldn't have a dash there. It would just be a traditional. I'm curious. Now. I, I'm just guessing, but I think you can say a traditional. Yeah, or you could say non-traditional. Oh, I don't see any definitions for a traditional. All right, I take it back. Non-traditional pops right up. I had every intention of going to law school when I graduated from college. (laughs) Here's this thing that people love to do when they like to revise their own history. Yeah. It's like they like they, everybody tries to protest too much. Oh, I've always been on this path to go to law school. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Never a doubt in my mind. No one gives a shit. If there was (laughs) doubt in your mind, the fact is you're 35 and you're applying to law school. I don't care. I care where we're going forward from here. I don't need your whole long rigmarole of why you didn't go to law school when you were younger. It's just not necessary. It's not, it's not helpful at all. Like at this point. And by the way, I mean, tough love B. you know, we're on your side, but you've told me so far, absolutely nothing about what you're bringing to the table. Yeah. Like you grew up poor. You didn't have that much support from your family. Good. You and, millions of other people. What have you done about it? What have you done next? What's, what's going on now in your life? Like, where are you now? Cause this is just whining about your background. It doesn't, it doesn't tell me anything about what you're going to, how you're going to be in law school or as a lawyer. Yep. It makes you look like rambling really like this doesn't look like a good advocate because you're not advocating for yourself. You're not like showing me what you've got. I had every intention of going to law school when I graduated from college and I even took the LSAT and applied to schools and the reader goes, and you didn't get in. (laughs) However, I was still callow. Callow. I was callow, callow, shy, hesitant. What does this mean? Of a young person, inexperienced and immature. Oh, got it. Well, don't make had to people look up, look up words. words. Here. Yeah. Don't, I mean, I, you know, from context, we understand what you meant, but yeah, we, we're noticing you. It's like a bad actor. You know, when you see someone acting and it's like, wow, that person is acting as hard as they you possibly could, yeah. can. 
You can tell that <laughs> they're like, acting. You, once you become yeah. aware of the fact that someone is acting, it's like you've been taken out of the movie and you're now <laughs> exactly something exactly. Else. Yeah. And Ben, you've said this on the show a million times that the best writing is like just it it disappears. Yeah. You know, the writer mm-hmm. actually disappears. This this is like your front and center spotlight on your own writing ability because yeah. of your use of all of these, you know, fancy words when it's just not necessary. I was still callow and I had a lot of trouble grappling with the adult world. I didn't study much for the LSAT and I didn't get accepted into any of the schools I applied to. Another family crisis sent me into a downward spiral. (laughs) I mean, what do you think, Ben? Do you think B thinks that someone's going to read this and be like, oh, I can't wait to admit you to our law school? No, people... I think we've talked about this before, but I think um, people think that other people will understand their plight and connect with them way more than people will actually (laughs) connect with them and level with them on their plight, right? Like, it's like you start telling your plight and you feel like everyone's going to understand, whereas actually most people are kind of like, yeah, I don't know, like, that's, hmm, sounds like you're not doing so well. (laughs) whereas you're hoping that they'll be like oh my gosh yes like wow and how did you come out of it because that's how our friends talk to us maybe right when you tell your friends this kind of stuff they're nice to you so they're like oh yeah wow that's tough and look at what you did to come out of it but in reality what they're thinking in their head is like "Mm, damn i'm glad i didn't do that but your friends are like permanent your friends are going to be with you right yeah So your friends are totally willing to hear about your traumas and, you know, the, how hard it was for you to struggle to get to this point. But these people who are reading your application to law school are not your fucking friend. They're like auditioning you. It's more, it's much more like online dating than it is to, than it is like a conversation with a friend. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is even when your friend says like, Oh wow, that's tough. I don't, that's what they're saying because they <laughs> yeah. want you to be your friend, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. But in the in the context of like, if I mean, you need people need to realize that this is basically Tinder. Yeah, and, this is Tinder. It is. Yeah, yeah, and they are they are swiping left on this so fucking fast. Yeah, like another family crisis sent me into a downward spiral, and they're just like goodbye next please (laughs) like you already told me about one family crisis now you're telling me about another family crisis and you're telling me about how you were callow had a trouble grappling with the adult world didn't study much for the lsat and didn't get accepted last time you applied to fucking law school and they're just like oh good that makes my decision easy goodbye family crisis ended my last relationship and by the way yeah exactly right it's like let's put all the worst things about you on your tinder profile my last girlfriend, boy, she really hated me. I mean, I was terrible to her, to be honest. And but I was having a hard time. I was so immature, and I was having problems. Grab, I did. I lost my job because of a. Th- <laughs> like, but I had every intention of yeah, getting totally. a great relationship. But the whole time, I've wanted to be a great partner. Yeah, <laughs> and get the best, you know, partner that I could possibly find on Tinder. Uh, and get all the oper- I would fully utilize the opportunities that a committed partnership would beget. <laughs> sorry, sorry, B. We we don't want you to write this. That's what we we're do trying not. to say. 
We want you to delete literally every word of everything we've read so far. It's so bad. Get rid of all of it. You can, you've got a story to tell. This ain't it. Yeah. After graduation, your story is bad, by the way. I mean, look, people go It's inappropriate shit. for the context. It's just not selling yourself, and it's not going to work. So you got to choose a different story. It is an inappropriate topic for your personal statement. Everything you've said so far needs to go. After graduation, I moved to Washington, D.C. I was still estranged from my entire family. You know, we don't want to hear about that. No, don't. Would you put that on Tinder? No. People would be <laughs> like, uh, okay, well, something's wrong. <laughs> right. But I had an adoptive mother, comma, so to speak. Oh, geez. No, don't speak that way if she's not actually your adoptive mother. And anyways, who is this person? Why is she coming to my law school? (laughs) Not good. She stepped into the role that would not be filled by my parents. She showed me the ropes of integrity, work ethic, faith, honesty, and love. This is pure telling, by the way. No showing yeah. whatsoever. Yep, we just have to believe you. A random person who just, you know, showed you the ropes of all of these wonderful attributes. Well, this is weird, too, because it's really selling her, not you. Like, okay, yeah. it's just telling, but if you, even if we believe you that she did these things, we're like, oh, well, what a great adoptive mother she is. How about you? Yeah, I was callow and lazy and... <laughs> But she showed me the ropes of integrity, work ethic, faith, honesty, and love. Yeah. But then I don't believe you because you're not telling me who you are today. I need all this can go. I want to hear about the last five years of your life or three years. It took about five years for me to recover from that spiral that I was in, but she believed in me even when I was dubious about myself. Mm. Jeez. You're not selling yourself. (laughs) No. She's the one who, after what felt like a lot of miss-steps, this needs to go through Grammarly or any other like grammar checker. I mean, the miss-steps, I don't know why you keep putting dashes at places. You also said a lot of, and you don't ever need that phrase. Any, no one needs that phrase. In their a lot statement. of? Yeah, just say many or several if you really yeah. need to say that. And why would you be saying that, right? It can sound yeah. weird. Yeah. After she's the one who, after what felt like a lot of missteps and missed opportunities, encouraged me to apply to law school again. I I don't care. I, what, what are you? Listen, if I admit you to my school, what do I get? Right now, I know nothing. I know literally, I know nothing. I know you had some jobs. I know you had a hard time when you were younger. That's not a, that's not a selling point. Nope. You know, people who come from privileged backgrounds are in a lot of ways better able to take advantage of opportunities that are presented to them. People who have had like better financial security, better healthcare, better education, better relationships with their family. Those things help you achieve later in life. So overcoming adversity is great but you better get to the overcoming part because otherwise this is making me just think, Oh wow. Like this person is bringing a lot of baggage and this is going to be fucking tough. Yep. I agree. It's been almost 10 years since I initially applied to law school, but here's what I learned in the meantime (laughs) that I think will make me an asset to your institution and will assist me long-term in my legal career. 
Okay. We're ready. What Here did come you the learn? life lessons. <laughs> Hard work pays off. Over the course of my career, I have discovered that, quote, long consistency in the same direction, end quote, pays off even when it is unglamorous or success seems very far off. That's pure telling. That's a quote from some disembodied person. Are are we supposed to be familiar with that quote? Yeah. When I was juggling a full-time job, going to class at night, parentheses, most of the time taking difficult, thorny legal and political theory classes. Sometimes it seemed like the end was never in sight. I had to continually remind myself that each moment fully devoted to the here and now is a deposit in the future. And in spite of my difficulties and the hiccups that have happened along the way, I rarely lost sight of that truth. (laughs) This is continuing. Oh my gosh, this is a long statement. Yeah, I'm going to start reading faster. That, (laughs) right, that paragraph right there was pure telling. Yep. We don't know what you've done. We don't know what you, what? It's all just claims with no evidence. Okay, next life lessons from B. Next paragraph, invest in someone else's dream. In the past five years in particular, the last three plus of which I have been at my current job, I have been especially aware of the principle of sowing into someone else's harvest and how it always reaps a personal harvest as well. Uh, Pure telling, no evidence, pure telling. New paragraph. After a long detour from working in law firms that included a brief contracted position at the Republican National Committee. Whoa, I wasn't expecting that. A rewarding year at an adoption policy nonprofit and a term as a manager of a dance studio. I yearned to get back into the legal field. In spite of the fact that I hadn't worked in a law firm since leaving Orlando, redacted gave me a shot in July of 2016. I started off as a part-time paralegal. That's a very weird choice to she, she names her actual boss. Yeah. Um, don't do that. And also the way you're saying it, you're like this, despite the fact that I hadn't been there in a long time, this person gave me a shot. That's nice of this person, but it makes it sound like you shouldn't have gotten the job, but you did. We don't want to see that again. It's just like you're not selling yourself. You're presenting yourself as unsuccessful and got lucky or something. I don't know. Also, the the naming of this person is like they're Jesus. She names him again later. It's like you're obsessed with this guy who's the oh. apparently one of the partners of the firm. When I started at Redacted, there were two attorneys, two paralegals, including me, and one part-time marketing assistant. No receptionist, no intake specialist, no records clerk, no office manager. I picked up the phone, did intakes, and managed my caseload and loved most of it. I felt like I was on the fast track of learning the business of small law firms. That would always be fast track to not of. By the end of the first year, I was able to intelligently speak on all aspects of the firm life, colon, front desk reception, office management, case management, and legal research. I called my work a quote, quote, a paper symphony. And I grew to love the way that I could make systems work together to foster the broader goals. Okay, so we're at least there's some in, facts there. <laughs> yeah, they're sprinkling in some facts, but then you kind of like immediately revert back to telling. And so yeah. we just have to believe you that 
you made it all work together and that you fostered these broader goals. It's also just kind of general. So we don't even know what the goals are and how you helped bring them about. Um, I think you're trying to show us that you know what it takes to to be a lawyer and you have the skill set. You're you're starting to crack that a little bit, but this could be so much better if your statement just started here and you got into a specific case that you worked on. Yeah, dig into the work you're actually doing. Show yourself yeah. making a difference for this firm. Yeah. Cut all a hundred percent of all the other stuff. You're protesting too much. You you don't you don't need to explain what you've been doing for 15 years since you graduated from college. It's not necessary. Yep. Maybe you had other jobs. Maybe you had kids. Maybe you had whatever. You you can decide at age 35 to go to law school. It's fine, especially as a paralegal. Just say, hey, I want yeah, I'm a paralegal, and now I'm I've decided up. to go to law school. Perfect. Yeah, that's your story. Instead of all this like drama, it's just I'm a paralegal, and now I want to go to law school. Yeah. Three and a half years later, again half dash years. We still have two dash attorneys. That's a real bizarre one. Mm-hmm. Where's that dash coming from? What? And a hopeful in training, but we now have seven staffers. My title is director of client services. And I, after going through some very difficult, that's a just typo after going through some very difficult staff transitions and a high season uh, sorry, a season of high turnover. I have hired and now managed two paralegals, a front desk and operations manager, a legal assistant, a junior legal assistant, and a records clerk. <laughs> wow. Ben, she completely buried the fact that she hired and manages one, two, three, four, five, six people. This is where the shit is coming out in a good way. <laughs> How about... <laughs> I hired and managed to <laughs> how about I hired and managed six people at my law firm? Yes. Like first sentence. First sentence. You're like, oh, okay. You work at a law firm. You have responsibility. You are applying to law school and you know what you're getting into. That would be our, impre- our impression of you right now. Uh, no, no admissions committee has gotten to this point. None. And the numbers will show you colon. The law firm is thriving. Parentheses add some stats. No, we don't care about the law firm. <laughs> no, I they can really be successful don't. or unsuccessful. I give we no care about you. Yeah, I'm so proud to say that Redacted is now a first-rate law firm. It's always been a practice with first-rate lawyers, but now the business sophistication matches the legal expertise. Telling, I mean, t- pure telling. Let's just according to you, I'm supposed to take your word for it. I don't, and I don't care anyway. I care yeah. what you do. Talk about your day-to-day managing six people inside a law firm. Boom. Um, that could be a life statement. lessons with B continues because we have a new paragraph and the first sentence is believe in yourself and believe in others. She's made, she's, she's making her personal statement, uh, edifying. It's almost like she's, a manifesto or something. Yes. She's preaching in her personal statement. She's giving all her life lessons. So, so far hard work pays off, invest in someone else's dream, believe in yourself and believe in others. And then we get, Jesus again, <laughs> the, you know, her savior, the guy who is a, the partner of the firm or whatever. So she names the guy has put a lot of faith in me. Sometimes that faith has been proven and well-deserved. And sometimes it's been a leap of faith for both him and me. What are you, what do you it's mean all by just that? Telling in general, I don't know what to make of it. It's all just cut, cut all of that. Roughly two years ago, 
he saw something. See, she's just like rhapsodizing about this guy. <laughs> he saw something. She <laughs> invited him into her heart and just has been oh redeemed. Roughly two years ago, he saw something in me and called it out. He thought that maybe I might have a knack for marketing and asked me to take on the marketing responsibilities after our part-time marketing assistant left. He loaded me up with a membership access to a group called Great Legal Marketing and patiently taught me everything he knew about marketing for small law firms. Over time, he gave me more responsibility on the business end, and today I am the director of client services. Uh, You already said that three paragraphs ago. Part-time business manager, part-time marketing and sales director future attorney <laughs> at law. <laughs> I am going to make it. <laughs> and she wow. capitalized attorney at law, future With attorney hyphens. at law. Yeah. Okay. Cut, 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 at, cut, 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 cut. At, <laughs> yeah. At redacted one of our core values. Oh wow. So she's giving her own core values and now she's giving the core values. One of the core values of the firm. Okay is, quote, we leave things better than how we found them. Oh, my gosh. That's everyone's little That's tagline. like the Boy Scouts, isn't it? Yeah, it's Boy Scouts. Or Clean up hike- your mess or whatever. Yeah. Theme of like hiking, you know, hikers and campers. Yeah. I have taken that same principle of investment that Jesus <laughs> employed with me and parlayed it into hiring truly exceptional staff. Every person on our payroll is a person of strong character and hard work dash ethic and possesses a can dash do attitude. Hey, you use the hyphen correctly there. <laughs> yeah, there will can do. You can actually put the hyphen. Yeah. Um, Jesus and I have the honor of sewing into each of their careers by sewing. Seeing, I know that sounds inappropriate, frankly, <laughs> has the honor life. of sowing into each of their careers by seeing the potential in them and being more than willing to provide the training to match their inherent skill sets. I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about now. No, I don't. That's just like way too broad and just tell well, it's just, actually missing the object. Jesus and I have the honor of sowing into each of their careers what? What are you going to sow into their careers? And then it just goes by seeing the potential in them and being more more than willing to provide the training to match their inherent skill sets. Okay, uh, but what, what did you end up sowing into their Yeah, it's careers? implied. <laughs> sowing the seeds of... Glory. But, yeah. <laughs> okay, almost done. Last paragraph. The last paragraph has another life lesson stay hungry comma stay humble that's not a sentence it should be a semicolon instead of a comma uh and it also needs to be omitted from your personal statement (laughs) (laughs) stay hungry i am doing intermittent fasting right now so let's see i got i got two hours left i am kind of hungry Uh uh-huh but I don't know that I'm humble. That might be a problem. No, um, get this is not. It's, it's now. It's like it's just like a sermon. You know, all these little tidbits of life inspiration. You're missing what I'm. <laughs> listen, I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn facts about your what you're bringing to the table at my law school, 
and you telling me stay hungry, stay humble, believe in yourself and believe in others, invest in someone else's dream and hard work pays off. It's like, yeah, I got a book that's in my bathroom. It sits on the back of my toilet and I read motivational (laughs) clips like that when I'm using the restroom. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just like, there's, it's too, what is this chicken soup for the soul? Or like, <laughs> it's, it's literally not about her. No. Stay nope. hungry, stay humble. I'm thrilled and so grateful to have the opportunity to apply to law school again. And after working in law and policy related fields for most of my career, I feel very confident that this is a step I can take with eyes wide dash open. (laughs) If admitted, you can be certain that I will dedicate myself to excellence at your institution. Oh, really? I can. Hmm. Okay. I can be certain that you will dedicate yourself to excellence. Okay. I guess. I mean, sure. (laughs) Oh, also I can be certain that you will be forever grateful for the opportunities that come my way and never forget the people, places and experiences that brought me here. Thank you for your consideration. You know what? I kind of like that last sentence. Thank you for your consideration. I kind of like, thank you for your consideration. Yeah. It's just Mm -hmm. a sort of a nice tidy way to tie it up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, yeah, thank you. I'm out. You just, you just, ruined everybody's future personal statement because now everyone's going to do that yeah every personal statement is now going to end but it's going to be more elaborate too because people seem to not get that message (laughs) they won't be able to just go with the clean version of that they'll go with like a 49 word version of thank you for your consideration yeah Yeah, you're right in deepest appreciation for your i hate it it sucks don't do it all right be this is a this is a clear start over from the beginning. <sighs> Tell me more about your management experience at the firm, please. Tell and me what your day to day looks like. Stick to the facts. Yeah, I, I guess people ha- struggle understanding what a fact is versus what telling is. Maybe I um, can you observe what you're saying, like through a camera. Like imagine someone filming you working and what things is the camera seeing you do? You could start there and start, well, I did this. I got the papers out of my desk. That's a boring fact, but it's a fact as opposed to rhapsodizing about what you think happened and the camera cannot see. She hires people. She manages people. She does all of the marketing for this firm. I would love to learn more about what it takes to do marketing for a small law firm. What do you actually do as director of client services? You've described yourself as part business manager, part marketing and sales director, but there are facts that underlie that. And you could show me what that actually looks like. Then I would get the opportunity to see you I would probably picture you in a suit and I would see you working and demonstrating all these fucking attributes that you keep trying to force down my throat. Yeah. Like if you're so hungry and humble and you believe in yourself and you believe in others 
and you invest in other people's dreams and hard work pays off. Great. Don't say any of that. And instead just show me what that looks like in practice. You know, when you're hiring, what does that look like? When you're managing, what does it look like? When you're marketing, what does it look like? What decisions did you make when you hired people? Did you help decide when you needed to hire someone new? What prompted you to make that decision? And then once you started looking for people, how did you go about looking for them? And when you interviewed them, uh, what did you ask them? What did you do once you've hired them? I mean, gosh, there is so much you could talk about. Three years of this? Even this, like... You know, when Jesus and I have the honor of sowing into each of their careers by seeing the potential in them and being more than willing to provide the training to match their inherent skill sets, it's it seems like there's actually something there. But you're not telling me what it actually is. Did you train them? How did you train them? What did you decide to do when you trained them? How do you spot somebody's you know, oh, this person has this skill set. Great. You know, how did you identify that? And then how did you leverage that? Mm-hmm. Because all you're doing is giving me the conclusion, but I, I'm like, I'm just not going to believe your conclusion unless you show me the actual details. Yeah. Facts. And the sad thing here is that no one's going to get to any of this good stuff. This is a statement that no one reads more than halfway. It's way too long. I mean, for one thing. Cool. Well, thank you, thank B. You. Thank I'm you sure for your you have good stories to tell, B. I'm, I, I know you do. This ain't it. Back to the drawing board. Yeah. All right. Well, you all can join the Thinking LSAT podcast group on Facebook. Just go there and check it out. If you're still on Facebook, are people still on Facebook these days? I'm basically not, but I do know that we get, you know, comments and questions in our Facebook group. So if Facebook's your thing, um, yeah, we have that. Yeah. I mean, I think there's over 1,620 people on that group. So over 1,620. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lame joke. I was asking the, my class last night about Instagram and a lot of them were like, they don't go on there anymore either. So I don't know where people are going. TikTok. Jeez. I hope not. Anyways, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter's yep. taking off. Yeah, I I think Twitter is just a more serious. I mean, I mostly follow comedians, but I also get like all my news from Twitter and mm. it's a pretty easy way to stay fairly informed without seeing too many pictures of vacations and food. Hmm. So okay. I'm at Infox on Twitter. Hit me up. I, I look at Twitter basically every day. So if you want to connect with me on social media, Twitter is the place to find me. We are at Thinking LSAT on Instagram and on Twitter. You can visit strategyprep.com for my classes in the DC area, foxlset.com for Nathan's classes in Los Angeles and San Francisco. We also do one-on-one tutoring and so forth. Our joint project is lsatdemon.com. You can study on your phone anywhere online at any time. Or tablet or laptop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All that Mm -hmm. good stuff. You can listen all sorts of ways. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, and our very own thinkinglset.com. Leave us a review on iTunes if you're so inclined. And don't forget that we will be in New York City on April 25th and 26th. For the vast majority of you who are 
already demon subscribers, that's $95. Otherwise, it will be $195. Either way, it's a steal, and we look forward to seeing you there. That was episode hey, two thir- Oh, yeah. Before you wrap it up, hmm. want to do the thing about the staffers? Oh, yeah. Okay. I well, remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. You do it. Yep. <laughs> let's do it. It's come to our attention that several of the candidates for president are dropping out of the race. It's come to our attention? Yes, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) If you weren't aware. (laughs) Yeah. And what that means is uh, people who have been on the campaign full time, some of you jump ship and go to work for other candidates. Some of you decide to go to law school. If you're one of the people who have decided to, uh, oh, my guy's not getting elected or my gal's not getting elected uh, because they dropped out of the race and you are deciding to uh, get going on your LSAT studies, we are offering a free month of the LSAT demon. Go ahead and email help at thinkinglsat.com. Just demonstrate to our satisfaction, demonstrate that you were indeed a um, full-time, you have to be a full-time staffer on a campaign. Uh, but if you were a full-time staffer on a campaign canvassing for somebody who dropped out of the race, uh, we will give you a consolation prize of one free month of the LSAT demon. Just email help at thinkinglsat.com and we'll get you going. Yeah. Don't say you can be certain that I <laughs> exactly. was a full-time staffer. <laughs> Instead. Instead, I don't know. They'll figure it out. But uh, we're skeptics. But uh, we're we're willing to believe you if you give us any kind of reasonable evidence. Probably if you just write a couple sentences, <laughs> I think yep. we probably will buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, email help at thinkingelset.com. This, by the way, it does apply to current subscribers to the demon. So if you uh, already subscribe to the demon and uh, but you're but you are a recently departed uh, staffer. Um. yeah, just email help at thinkinglsat.com. We'll give you a free month. Cool. That was episode 236 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Thanks all y'all for listening. Nice knowing you. Don't pay for law school. Mm-hmm.